Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Well, good morning and greetings from the Florida Panhandle and New Harmony Baptist Church. It is a joy to be here. It really is. Um, I've got a lot of history here, as, as many of you do, and um, it's just really nice to be here and it not be for a funeral, just to be able to come and, and fellowship and visit with some relatives and see some good people and, and just preach the gospel and it not have to be saying goodbye to a dear loved one. Many of you uh, share the same sadness and the same sorrows that I have uh, had over having to say goodbye to someone that we dearly love, and uh, but we know with Jesus Christ, it's not over. It's just a little separation for a little while. But there's coming a time when, if we're in Christ and they are in Christ, we'll be reunited again. Praise God for His His wonderful grace, and it's good to be here. And I appreciate uh, Pastor Jarrett and his dear wife Amy for welcoming welcoming us. Um, I believe y'all have a really, really good one. I really do. And I think they have a good vision. And I think if you hook arms with them and go forward, many souls will be touched for Christ. And that's all it's about, really. It's about us growing in the Lord, and it's about us reaching out to others and seeing them touched by Jesus Christ and the power of the gospel and seeing them saved and becoming disciples as well. Amen. Isn't that what it's all about? Becoming more like Jesus every day and doing our best to see others come to Christ as well. Well, I want to share with you this morning on the subject, the great I am, the great I am. And if you would, go with me in your Bibles to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And while you're going over there, I'll preface what I'm going to share about this morning um, by uh, giving you a little bit of background. In the Old Testament, Moses is debating with the Lord about this and that. God has uh, called him and commissioned him to go and lead the children of Israel out of the land of Goshen and out of the land of Egypt to the promised land. And as we do, Moses is making excuses and coming up with arguments. And uh, Moses asked one of his last questions. He says, well, who am I going to tell them is sending me? And God Almighty speaks back to him and he says, tell them that I am has sent you. Because God is the great I am. But then when we get to John chapter 8, Jesus is having a debate with some of the Jews there, and Jesus quotes his heavenly Father with the same exact words. And in verse 56, it says this of John chapter 8. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. And that's in Genesis 22. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord, we give you thanks and we give you praise for all your many, many blessings. We thank you, Lord, that we can be here today. Lord, we thank you that we're in a country where we can worship you freely. And I pray right now that as we study your word for just a little while, that your, your spirit would just move and that you would touch hearts, that you would open up hearts and that, Lord, you would anoint these lips of clay so that it is not I who speak, but you who speak through me. 
Holy Spirit, have your way and glorify the mighty name of Jesus. And it's in that name that we pray. Amen and amen. You know, that can be kind of a confusing term, I am. What does I am mean? Well, in the Hebrew, when God is talking to uh, Moses, it is Hayah. Hayah. And that's the southern form of saying Hayah if you're tongue-tied. But that word is Hayah. And what it means is to exist independently. And in this context, it has to do with God being the self-existent, independent of all, all-powerful one. And he's always in the now. Some of us live in the past. Some of us live for the future, but we don't enjoy the now. And God is always right now, and he's about right now. And it's a name or a title or an expression or description of deity. Only Almighty God could say, I am. But when you get to John chapter 8 and Jesus is debating with these Jews, he says that and it just blows their mind. It makes them so angry that they want to stone him. But Jesus is saying, I am. I am eternally pre-existent. I am deity. I am self-existent. I am God in the flesh. I am the Son of God. And it's an amazing thing about Jesus. He was the Son of Man. He was totally human, but yet He was the Son of God. He was total deity as well. And if you want a fancy word that probably only Brother Jarrett understands, that's called the hypostatic union, where He is all man and all God, wrapped up in one, and don't ask me to explain it because I can't get it. But Jesus is I am but when you take a look at the great I am, Jesus Christ, he, he is many things. And so I'd like to share with you a few points about Jesus being the I am. And some of these points I'm just going to go right through really quickly because there's a couple of points I want to really camp out on and it be the heart of the message. But when you take a look at the scriptures, we find that uh, the Lord is the I am of Israel. And you'll find that in the Passover in Exodus chapter 5. But as you go a little bit further along in the Word of God and you get to the New Testament, you find that uh, He is the great I Am of the church. The church is made up of all blood-bought, born-again believers who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And He is the I Am of the church. And Jesus tells us in Matthew 18, 20, where two or more are gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. Praise the Lord. He's always with us and He never forsakes us. But what I would like to focus on this morning is that Jesus is the great I Am of salvation. He is the great I Am of salvation. And Brother Jarrett read some scriptures from the prophet Isaiah earlier and it's talking about salvation. He says, come and buy without money. Experience me. Have salvation. Have all that I can give you for nothing. We labor and we work and we struggle and we strive for things that just don't satisfy and we need Jesus because only He satisfies that inner longing that's in all of our souls. And Jesus is the great I Am of salvation. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You know, sometimes Christians, we get uh, uh, accused of being narrow-minded or, or being exclusive of other beliefs or other religions. Well, we can't apologize for that because we follow Christ and Jesus Christ himself is the one who says, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody can come unto the Father. No one can experience salvation except by me. But we're not being exclusive because that gospel, that free gift of salvation is to everybody. Because Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Or he says in Romans 10, 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The only condition is you've got to be a whosoever. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done. Jesus will save you if you'll ask him to. And he tells us that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes unto the Father but by me. And he offers salvation to all because Jesus is the great I am of salvation. He's the one who provides it. Have you ever stopped to think about what that word salvation means? Um, In the Greek it's soteros. And it essentially means deliverance. And in the Old Testament, you'll see that word salvation used many times. Um, stand back and see the salvation of God when it's time to part the Red Sea. And, and, and God did a miracle and he, he saved His people from the Egyptian army. But it has to do with deliverance from an enemy. That's at the heart of the meaning of it. Deliverance from danger. And God saved the children of Israel many, many times. Not just through the wilderness, but at other times in their history when... Israel and Judah became separate nations. God still worked His miracles in those separate nations. But he, 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 he exercised deliverance or He exercised salvation. He freed them from dangers by intervening in their lives when they would call out to Him. And, and whether it was an invading army or whether it was um, some other type of trouble, God delivered them from danger. But when you get to the New Testament, we find that that deliverance is more spiritual Although, in the Old Testament, prophets like Isaiah, they understood the spiritual aspect of salvation, of deliverance. Jesus personifies the deliverance. Jesus comes on the scene and says, If you trust in me and if you believe in me, your sins will be forgiven and you will be delivered from danger. What is the danger? It's death. It's hell. It's the grave. It's flesh. It's the world. And sometimes it's ourselves. Jesus can deliver you and He can deliver me if we will do what He says. And that is come to Him and trust in Him as our Savior and as our Lord. He tells us in John 10 verse 9, He says, I am the door. And if I may add a little bit, and I'm always up. This door is never closed. And we all have the opportunity and we all have the invitation and we all have the duty, really, the command to believe the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. To be delivered from death. To be delivered from hell. Because when we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven The Spirit of God comes and He resides in our heart and He gives us life. Did you know that you're born dead? Did you know that you and I, we were born sinners? We inherited that sin nature from our ancestors, Adam and Eve. And had they not sinned and fallen and brought that disease into the human race, someone else would have. I would have. It probably would have been me. 
had mankind lasted that long. But the point is, we're born sinners and therefore we're spiritually dead and we are separated from God. And there's no way we can get back to God. But when we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God comes into our hearts and He regenerates us or He gives us life. And only God can do that. Only God can make dead things live. And I've heard it said this way before and it's so absolutely true. Jesus did not come to make bad people good. He also did not come to make good people better. Jesus came to make dead people live. Hallelujah. And we're born in our trespasses and our sins. That means we have done things that displease God. That means that, that uh, we're, we're going to fail Him and we're going to do wrong, not only to Him, but to other people. And the wages of sin is death, the Bible tells us. And that's in Romans 6.23. And we've all been there. We've all sinned. Romans 3.23 tells us that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so Jesus Christ comes along in John chapter 8 and He says, I am. I am what you need. I am the answer to your sin problem. I am the solution. I am all that you need in order to be forgiven and go from being a walking dead man to a living saint of God. It's an amazing thing. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. When God, when God pulled up His sleeves and He stuck His arm way down in that mud and He reached around in that sin and that mess and He found me and He pulled me out and He washed me in His blood and He presented me to God the Father totally cleansed and said, Lord, I got you another one and God calls me Son. What a miracle. Jesus makes that possible. He is the great I am of our salvation. And I want to ask you this morning, do you know, without a shadow of a doubt, do you know that you know that you know that you know that if you were to breathe your last breath walking out of this church, that you would enter into heaven? Do you know that? It's not by accident that you're here today to hear this message. You need to make a decision for Jesus. He loves you. He died for you, and He wants to save you. And it costs you absolutely nothing. But at the same time, it costs you everything. Because you give Him your life, and He does with you and through you what He wants to do. But I will say this, it pays to serve God. Because not only does He wash us of our sins and not only does He forgive us and give us life and gives us an eternal home in heaven one day and, 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 and saves us from the wrath that, come, that, that will come one day, but this life is a good life, living for the Lord. It's a blessed life and the scriptures from the book of Isaiah 55 talks about abundance and fatness living for the Lord. And because Jesus is the great I am of our salvation, we can have an eternal home in heaven. We can be reunited with loved ones who are in Christ. But we can have a good life right now. You haven't started living until you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart. So here's what you've got to do. You've got to do what Romans 10 verse 9 says. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and if you'll believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. You just have to believe the basics of who Jesus said He was and you have to believe the basics of, of what He did. He was the perfect 
God-man who came to this earth to die. You cannot kill God, so that's why he took human form, so that his body could be killed. And he walked a perfect, sinless life, but he was accused of sin and blasphemy and so many other things in the religious establishment. They killed Christ, but they didn't know they were tools of God. This was God's plan all along. And he hung on that cross and he died for our sins and he was put in a tomb. And he lay there for three days and three nights. And the devil says, yes, I got him. Because the devil recognized him from eternity past. But yes, I eliminated him. I beat God finally. But on the third day, God said, arise my son. And Jesus came up out of that grave victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And because of what he did, he died in your place and my place so that we don't have to receive the penalty for our sins. If we'll put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we will be born again and become a child of God. And if you believe that, and if you'll just ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins, and if you'll just ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior, He will save you. And what happens is we get justified. We, we are cleansed of our sins. And, and, and God, when He looks at us, He doesn't see that old mean, mischievous, sinful Todd, that old hateful Todd. He sees Jesus. Hallelujah. He sees the blood of Jesus that's been applied to my life. And so when the grim reaper, for lack of a better term, starts knocking on your door, you don't have to have any fear. I'm going to be with Jesus because I'm His and He is mine. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 tells us, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And while I don't resemble Jesus in any way, the Spirit of God within me works with me daily, works with me daily, and one day we're going to stand before the Lord and we're going to be just like Him. We won't be deity but He's going to see us as He sees Jesus. And not only that, but we're going to get new bodies too. That's a great thing. Any of you feeling your age? Any of you gimping around? Have some health issues? Well, we're going to get a brand new body to go with our eternal soul that's going to last throughout eternity. You know, I heard a guy say one time, you know you're getting old when you bend over to tie your shoes and you ask yourself, is there anything else I can take care of while I'm down here? That's when you know you're getting old. But there's not going to be any of that in heaven because Jesus is the great I am of salvation. But He's also the great I am of eternity. In the book of Revelation chapter 1, I'll read it to you. If you want to go there, it's verses 17 and 18. John sees the glorified Christ and Jesus says this, I'm sorry, John describes this, and then Jesus says something in verse 18. And when I saw him, I fell down at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, 
I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Jesus is the great I am of salvation. And he's the great I am of eternity. There's not going to be any more death and there's not going to be any more crying. And since I'm in Revelation, this is not in my notes, but go to the back of the book. I want to read you some verses out of the last chapter of the book of Revelation. Twenty-one, chapter 21. It says this, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And verse 4 says this, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Jesus is the great I am of salvation, but he's the great I am of eternity. And folks... I'm not a hellfire and damnation preacher, but hell is real. If there's a heaven, there's a hell. If there are angels, there are demons. And if there's a Jesus or if there's a God, there's a Satan. But if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we can go to that place where there's no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more death. And here's the one I like the best. No more separation because of death. I'll tell you what, I, I just I get, I get tired of being called to bury somebody. And there was a period of time, and it's just been a few years ago, where on both sides of my family, we buried six people. I was heartbroken. I got depressed. I really did. And then my best friend, he went right after that, a childhood friend that I've known all my life. Death. I hate death. I hate it. It's heartbreaking. But if they're in Christ, and you're in Christ, we'll be reunited with them, and we'll see them. But I'll tell you this. The first person we're going to want to see when we get to heaven is Jesus. And we're going to lay before Him and we're going to worship Him because He's the great I Am of our salvation. He's the great I Am of eternity and He it is who willingly gave His life for your sins and for my sins. What a Savior. What a great, wonderful, wonderful person to do that for us. And so if you're here this morning... And you've never made a decision for Christ. It's, it's very simple. It's very simple. You know, e- Ephesians chapter 2, 8, 9, and 10 are very, very uh, fundamental to the gospel message. And it just tells us that by grace we're saved through faith. Or it's the gift of God and it's not of works. Because nobody's going to be able to brag before the Lord. And if you in faith will receive that free gift of grace, 
you can be born again. And just remember this. Your good works aren't enough. Baptism doesn't do it. Communion, confession, even going to church, none of that stuff saves you. It's faith in Jesus Christ, the great I Am. You receive His free pardon and you become a child of God. And if you're here today and you have any doubts, you can make sure. I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.